from the Word of God. Basically, what I want to do is show you uh, from the Scriptures what I believe is taking place in the spirit realm when when we are being oppressed and when Satan is coming at us and uh, we're having difficulties and problems. As we're focused on our problems, but we really need to understand, based on the Word of God, what's really happening in the spirit realm when we are experiencing difficulty. Amen? Am I the only one that experiences difficulties? <laughs> All of us. Amen. Father, we just want to thank you today. Holy Spirit, I ask that you speak to us from your word. In Jesus' name. Amen. 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 David, thank you. I titled this message is Works of Old. Is Works of Old. So many times we really need to remind ourselves things that we've heard, things that we've read from the scriptures. Because these things will really help us to deal with what we're going through today and to understand what God is doing. See, the world is never changed. There is nothing new in the world. Solomon tells us that there is no trouble that you're going through that somebody hasn't been through before your time. There is nothing new. Satan is not changed. He is still the same individual. His tactics are still the same. He cannot change himself. He can't be born again. Amen. So his tactics are the same. And what he does to people is done before to people in the past. What he's doing today. So we can really look at scripture, understand scripture, and rest in Christ. Jesus said, Come unto me, all ye that labor and are heavy laden, and I will give you rest. Now, the labor is the striving and the struggle, struggles that we're going through because of what life is dishing out to us and because of what Satan is doing to us. We labor. But Jesus is saying, Just bring those things to me, enter into my rest, I'll take care of these things. I'll take care of them. It's so easy to just to look at these things and the problems we're going through, the situations, the details of the situation, the individuals involved, and you begin to think, how is God going to do this? How is God going to change this man's heart, change this man's heart, change, cause the situation to come around so that you are helped? There's nothing that's difficult with God. We just need to recognize that he can do it. The problem is time, the timing. God's timing is so different from ours. He will come through, no doubt about it. I was saying to somebody, when the Bible says, don't be weary in well-doing because you'll reap if you do not faint. You get the reward. Now, well-doing, I used to think well-doing has only to do with just doing good stuff. No. Well-doing, in my mind today, also means you are standing in faith regardless of what's happening to you. 
You are standing, trusting God. You refuse to yield. You don't change your language. You don't speak negative. You don't complain. You don't talk to God about what's going on. And say, why are you allowing this stuff? You stay put and say, God, I trust you. That's well doing. God sees that as well doing. You're doing well. You are going to get the result in due time. In his own time. Not your time. His own time. But tonight, I want to share with you what I, have, I felt like is, is an insight for me as to what's going on in the spirit realm. When we are going through difficult times, and when Satan is coming at us with problems, regardless of the nature of the problem, there is something, especially if you are praying, there is something happening in the spirit realm. And if you hold fast, your deliverance will surely come, no doubt about it. No doubt about it. In Psalm 44, verse 1 through and 2, it says, We have heard with our ears. O God, our fathers have told us. We've heard about these things. The deeds you did in their days, in days of old. I used to, in, as a new, I used to want to live in days, I, sometimes with, with all the troubles and the things that I was going through I'd be thinking man wouldn't that have been great if I had lived when Jesus was on earth here am I the only one who thought that way <laughs> but it was so wonderful I got all these problems in sickness and whatever going on in my life I'm so confused if I lived at the time that Jesus lived on the earth I just look for him go to him if I to fly to Israel. Well, I don't know how you do that. You may have to swim in this time. I'm not sure how you get there. But if I have to go over and just see him and lay my problems before him and Jesus, Jesus Son of God, he take care of all my problems. Amen? Am I the only one who's felt that way before? <laughs> but I realize I don't have to do that. He loves it even better when we can trust him and we don't have to be right in his physical presence. That gives God pleasure. So much pleasure, he do it for you just as quick. Amen? So they were talking in the scriptures about what God had done in days of old. He said, you drove out the nations with your hand, but them you planted. May God plant you in Jesus' name. May God drive all your enemies away, confuse them, all of the troubles that Satan is coming against your life with. May God take all of those things away and establish you. That's what God did. He drove the enemies away and then he planted them. May he plant you in Jesus' name. He said, you afflicted the people and cast them out. <laughs> Now, the Bible tells us this. We do not war against flesh and blood. But what we see in the Old Testament, what God did in the Old Testament, in the natural, is what's going, what's going on in the spirit realm. Exactly the same thing going on in the spirit realm. 
They heard about this thing and you know they were talking about what they had heard uh, about what God did in days of old. And you, you, many times we really need to recall those things and meditate on those things and let our minds remind us that we are dealing with the same God. Think about what He did. What they were talking about. The things that they've heard with their own ears about what God had done before in the of the, in days of old how he freed them what did god do think about the miracles we are dealing with exactly the same god the ten wonders that he performed in the land of egypt he said we have heard about these things and you know, if you think about those things, it should give you great confidence in God. He's coming after you. If you are being oppressed by the enemy in any way, you are a child, God is coming after you, and He's going to get you out. No matter what, He's going to get you out. There's nobody that's going to stand in His way. Now, God said to, to Moses, I've heard their cry. I have heard their cry by reason of their oppression. I have heard their cry and I have remembered my covenant. And I have come down to bring deliverance. When you are being oppressed by the enemy in any area of life, and you are turning to God and trusting God, God will hear from heaven. He will remember His covenant. And he'll come down, he'll bring a deliverer into your life, whoever he wants to use. But you're coming out of that place. You are coming out of that place, and he is going to drive all your enemies away and plant you. So we need to remind ourselves about the God that we are serving. He is so big, the problem is nothing. If we can see God, you so it's because we are in the natural, we can't see beyond that, and we can't see that we have such a great God. The Bible says, if God be for us, who can be against us? Nothing on earth. But we have difficulties, it seems like things are against us, but that's because we don't have full understanding of what's going on behind the scene. God is planning something for your life. God is planning greatness for you. Sometimes we get so used to where we are, when things become uncomfortable, (laughs) we complain. And God may just be wanting to take you off from that place to a better place, a land flowing with milk and honey. Amen. Do you remember the children of Israel, the first time Moses tried the deliverance thing? Huh? They said, we were happy before you came. Because Pharaoh decided, okay, you want freedom, I'm going to give you real freedom. I'm going to increase your labor. I'm going to bind you even more. I'm going to make things even more difficult for you. That's what's happening in the spirit realm. When God is telling the enemy, the time has come, you got to let go. Sometimes the problem doesn't ease. Ease up. It seems it's getting worse. Amen. And when you look at, in the, look at it in the natural, you get upset. I prayed and I fasted. And look, he's getting worse. God, where are you? God must have forsaken me. Satan will let you know. He ministered to you at that point. It's got to be the stuff that you did last year. You remember? And you start thinking, maybe I'm not right with God. 
They complained and they said, hey, Moses, we were okay. We were fine with this bondage, okay? Until you got here. It's gotten even worse for us now. They complained. But that was the beginning. And what I see in the scripture, the enemy doesn't enjoy holding you in bondage or bringing oppression to you. I'm going to explain that to you. Pharaoh didn't enjoy what Moses was doing in the land, right? God was really letting him have it. From one miracle to another miracle. It wasn't fun for Pharaoh those, those days. When God decides to bring you out, it's never fun for the enemy. He makes it, as you're going through the difficulty, that's how Satan is being oppressed by God. Amen. He goes through the same pain. He just doesn't know when to quit. Amen. Until he loses his firstborn. Amen. <laughs> he won't know how to quit. But God will allow it so that he can really let him know who is the boss. So when you're going through trouble, that's why the Bible makes it very clear. If God be for us, who? It's nobody is going to be against you. All I have to know is to be sure that God is on, on my side. Amen? And, and it's easy to know that God's on my side. You know how you know? Just be on God's side. Amen? <laughs> Simple as that. I'm on God's side. I'm not perfect, but I'm on His side. If I'm on His side, He is with me. And if God be for me, who can be against me? It's just not going to work. But everything in Christianity has to be by faith. You have to believe it. It is nothing that's going to work for us unless you believe God's work. You tie God's hands if you refuse to believe. By reason of the things that you're going through. If you look at those things just like Peter did, you're going to sink. If you listen to what people are saying to you, you will sink. You have to encourage yourself just like David encouraged himself. Many times when you're going through trouble, and I said this here, when it's really difficult, that's because your day of deliverance is so close. I shared with us here, with David, David, at the point of the most difficult situation that he had been through in his entire life, his family had been taken away, he didn't know where they were, all his mighty men were ready to stone him, at that time, David was in real tough situation. And on the other end, the road was being cleared for him to become the king. And he didn't know it. If he had given himself to complaining and saying, God, why me? What are you doing? I have been faithful to you. And now look, I have no wife, no kid. This doesn't make sense. As these guys were complaining, I said, Lord, God, look, they are even thinking about killing me. What's all this? I've been faithful to you. You better not tell God all of that kind of stuff. <laughs> Unless out of humility. 
again because he listens also. But on the other hand, he was going to become king right there. So don't let your difficulties make you think God has abandoned you. Something is happening. When it's getting really hot, that's because God is putting pressure on the enemy and he's fighting back and he's about to lose the battle. That's why you feel it that bad. Amen? That's why. That's what, it, that's what Pharaoh did. That's what he did. He's about to lose. Slowly but surely he's going to give up. So they were saying, we have heard this. The time of old. You like, we need to go back to that time and remind ourselves that we are serving this living God. He will take care of me. I don't have anything to worry about. Jesus was very clear. He said, don't take any thought. But your own life, anything, don't worry. If we can get to that place, you'll see how God will move. But in our minds, that's foolish. How can you rest when you got all this, all this trouble? Well, God, that's, that's God's way. He wants you to enter into His rest. I believe if you're going through trouble, if you will see deliverance, the first place that you will get to is rest. When you cease from being worried about it, when you cease from having sleepless nights about it, when you cease from being sad about it, just like Hannah, your miracle is right at the corner. You're going to have it. That's just the way it is. You can look at through the scriptures. We need to remind ourselves how God moved in days of old. You know, with Caleb, uh, uh, sorry, Gideon. You remember Gideon? They were being oppressed. And uh, an angel appeared to him and, you know, really praised him. The guy was not happy to hear anything. He was being oppressed. Things had changed for them. And if you read in Judges, uh, Judges chapter 6 verse 13, Gideon replied the angel for this great greeting that the angel had for him. He said, uh, Oh my Lord, if the Lord is with us, why then has all this happened to us? And he was complaining. He was very angry. But he's like, God must have abandoned us. That's why all of this is happening to us. That was what he was saying. And he says, And where are all his miracles? He was talking about what God did in Egypt. How he divided the Red Sea. If God, he, he, angel, if you're right, it shouldn't be this way. God is with us. God is with me. Where are the miracles? We got to see the miracles. And God knew his heart. And the angel replied to him and says, Go, in this your strength. Because there was something in him that was saying, He said that God has abandoned us. There's no reason for this. We serve the living God. God's got to change this. And God picked him up. You're gonna, I'm going to use you. The Bible says, From the days of John the Baptist until now, the kingdom of God suffers violence, and the violent ones take it by force. When God sees in your heart that you know who He is, and that He is your Father, and you are not going to tolerate this stuff anymore, God, you got to do something, and I'm trusting in you, the enemy has got to be kicked out, God will show up. God will show up, because He says, In this your strength, you go. 
and I will be with you. So a lot is happening in the spirit realm. Now, this is what they said in Psalm 43, 44, verse 3. Talking about the children of Israel, how God dispossessed the inhabitants of the land. He says, for they did not gain possession of the land by their own sword. Did they fight with their sword to get the land? Yes, they did. So what about this here? It was God fighting for them. They were doing the fighting, but God was there with them. He says, they did not possess that land by their own sword, nor did their own arm save them. It wasn't their strength, but it was your right hand. Your right hand, your arm, and the light of your countenance because of your favor. One translation says because you love them. It's really just because God loves you. He's going to bring deliverance. You're doing what you know to do. But the real battle is his and he's taking care of it. It's his arm that is going to bring you that deliverance. It's God's strength that is going to bring you that deliverance. What it is, is God begins to put the pressure, his arm, that's his strength, his power, against the enemy. Not your power, it's his own strength that is going to make the enemy to give up. It's his right arm. This was a saying in Israel in that, in that time. God's right hand. God's right hand. His right hand is with you. I believe we're coming to that scripture, Isaiah 41 verse 10. It says, God says, I'm going to hold you up with my righteous right hand. He will hold you up no matter what's going, what's happening to you. You are not going to go down. God is going to raise you up. And if you feel that way, then know for sure that the enemy is the one speaking, not God. The enemy is the one speaking. His right hand will be against the enemy and he'll make it difficult for the enemy until he brings you deliverance. How does God do this? The Bible says his right arm, but also the brightness of his countenance that will bring us help. The Living Translation says the brightness of his countenance brings us help. Now, when the enemy is operating in your life, this is so important, when the enemy is doing whatever he's doing in your life, he's operating, if he's doing it and it's, it's, a, it's a pressure in your life, the reason is because there is darkness in that area and he can operate. Once there is darkness, the enemy can always operate. The enemy, the devil, cannot operate when there is light. It's the brightness of his countenance that helped them. And what I believe is the word of God is light. God's word is light. So if there is any area in your life where there is difficulty, problem, what we need to do is shine some light in that area. Let God 
flow through his countenance, the brightness of his countenance, and bring you deliverance in that area. And the way to go at it is God's word. If it's finances, find the scriptures. That's all. I, I told somebody, you, you're sick. You don't need anything about prosperity, not now. You might need that later. But if I'm sick, I want to find out from God's word every scripture that talks about finances. I mean uh, about uh, healing. If it's finances, then I want to go to all those scriptures and shine, bring that light into your life. Now, it is not what you know in your head, but what's in your heart. And many times when we separate ourselves to God and we are studying before God because there is pressure and you want release from God, He answers so quickly. He will answer you and He'll give you light so quickly. If you will separate yourself and look for deliverance, as you remind yourself of how he dealt with the people of old, because he's the same. Jesus is the same yesterday, today, and forever. I remember one time I had, I had an issue. My friend Daniel Bernard was going to Nigeria, and he was going to start his, his, uh, his ministry in Nigeria, and he left his, his church in College Station. For me, I was a college student. And uh, I knew few things about the church, but uh, I, the way I was brought up uh, as a Christian, no divorce. I, the way I was in Nigeria, <laughs> you have to be in my time there, uh, it was even difficult to shake a sister's hand. <laughs> you understand what I'm saying? We don't shake sister's hands well in those days. Uh, we were really holy. Mm-hmm. Because the real preaching then was, when you're shaking a sister's hand, what's going on in your heart? So every time I try to shake a sister's hand, I'll be shaking, you know, wondering, is the devil going to shoot an arrow through my heart or whatever? Amen. And then I came to the United States. And at first I was concerned the whole church was unsaved. <laughs> Because they were hugging themselves, <laughs> both women, men, and all of that were saying, boy. And the lady said, hey, brother, good luck. You, you hug, and I'm saying, I'm going to lose my salvation now. It's gone from me. This wicked woman is taking a woman. <laughs> then I found there was nothing happening. I mean, there was no arrow piercing my heart. It's this bad doctrine. But Daniel Bernard was leaving, and... and uh, I knew there were situations in the church with marriage and all of that had to do with uh, divorce. Somebody who was divorced wanting to get married. I knew about this and I was, I was frightened because I had to make a decision uh, as their pastor uh, as to what, how that was going to proceed. I was very concerned. I didn't want to marry them if God didn't want them married because she was divorced and it was uh, a real problem for me. I wanted to give them an answer that would give them peace. No fighting and I have peace myself. And from the few scriptures I knew, no, no. Once you divorce, you can never be married. That was, that was all I knew. And uh, 
uh, out of fear, I told God, you have to, you have to, I know I've seen these things in the United States, but I really don't understand it. I see people who have been married before they, 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 they divorced and they marry, and God is still doing things in their lives. He just baffled me. I couldn't understand it. But I needed an answer from God. I didn't want just any man's doctrine. I wanted God to show me from his word what the answer is to this problem. Not just what I had known, but what is the solution to this? How do you approach this? Is this is the word of God? Is this, this period? Is this no, there's no room. So I went on a fast. I locked myself in a small room. And I was going to stay there until God gave me the answer. I, I was going to fast for like three days, you know, no, no, nothing. I needed light. And I had my Bible and I was reading. I think probably the f- second day, I had all the answers I needed in that area. I was very happy with myself. I was smart. Amen. Okay. I was happy. I left. My whole, the whole, everything that I've been taught completely changed. And I felt comfortable to deal with the issue till today. I'm very comfortable. I'm not going to ask who the leader says, what their opinion is. I know what the scripture says. Amen. But you see, my point is, God can give you light. If you separate yourself, God will give you a satisfactory answer to your problem. Right there. If you bring light and the enemy cannot operate, fear will disappear. If you let God have his way in your life. It is the brightness of his countenance that brings you deliverance. Why? Because he loves you. Amen? Just because he loves you. Not because of anything that you've done. It's not your strength. Nothing. It's just he loves you. And if you seek him, he'll take care of you. No matter what the situation is. No matter how bad the situation is. When you start crying to God, God begins to bring oppression on the enemy just like he did Pharaoh. He said, let my people go. Israel is my first son. It's my son. If you don't let my son go, I'll kill your son. Amen. That's in the spirit realm. But I believe when we're crying out to God, that's exactly what's happening to the devil in the spirit realm. He's not enjoying it. He's not enjoying it. Even though you are feeling the pain, Satan himself who is holding on and causing the problem, he's not enjoying it. Why? Because your father is fighting on your behalf. And Satan knows he cannot win. That's why we need to remind ourselves of what God has done of old. Now in the New Testament, think about what Jesus did. Hmm? That gives me reason to be real comfortable in life. He'll take care of me. Amen? I think it pleases Him when we, when we have that confidence that He will take care of us. It pleases Him. I believe the father rejoices and is glad. He can actually show himself to you. You know, Jesus doesn't trust everyone. You know that? He won't show himself to everyone. The Bible says many believed on him because of what they had seen. But Jesus did not commit himself to them because he knew what was in man. You read that scripture? He doesn't easily commit himself to anyone. But he did to the disciples. Amen. 
He said, I don't call you servants anymore. You are my friends. Because everything that the Father showed me, I've shown it to you. He didn't hide himself. He committed to them. I like him to do that for me. You know how we get there? Absolute trust in him. He's going to take care of me. I don't have to worry. He's going to take care of me. Don't we worry in our heads? Every one of us go through that. When the difficulties come, you deal with it. But you know what you want to do? Find a place to enter into your his rest. Amen? That's the first step in deliverance. Find a place. Whatever you need to do, go find that place. Take the word of God. Go wherever you need to go. Find that place. No matter what the problem is, if you can find a place of rest in God, that problem is taken care of. Now the next thing you want to do, after you find your place of rest, make sure you tie yourself to the altar. Amen? Don't, don't lose yourself and walk out of that place. Stay in that place of rest. And when the enemy reminds you about the problems, remind him of how much you trust God. Amen? Remind him. That you know without a doubt. Like Shidrach, Meshach, and Abednego. He's going to take care of me. He will. How? I just don't know. But he has whatever way he wants. To bring deliverance to me. So God tonight is fighting on your behalf. He's oppressing the enemy. And he's driving the enemy out of your life. So that he can plant you. Amen? Establish you and make your name great. According to his promise. Amen? It may not happen overnight. Remember when Moses started to bring deliverance to the people of Israel? It took a while, right? One plague after another plague. Now it's not going to be easy to clear the land of all dead frogs. Before the next plague. Huh? That's a lot of time. But with time, slowly but surely, they started to enjoy some comfort. Remember? And the people started thinking, man, these are special people. Their God fights for them. And he says, Moses became a well-respected person around this place. Amen? That's what's going to happen when God begins to fight for you and you're trusting him. He begins to give one miracle after another. And before long, you become the big shot around, even though you're still suffering. Amen? That's the God we serve. We must remind ourselves of Him, the things He's done in the past. Remind yourself that Jesus, that same Jesus, that same Jesus who died on the cross, He's on your side. He's going to take care of you. And you let Him know, just like David know, so did. He said, You are my shepherd. I will not know want. Is that not what David did? The Lord is my shepherd. I shall not want. That was established in his heart. David said, my mind is made up. My mind is made up. I'm not going back. I know what I believe. Amen? So that's what we want to do. God will bring deliverance. He's through God's power. I think Mark read this scripture. I thought he, he stole from my... He must have seen my note. Okay. <laughs> But in Psalm 66, verse 3, he says, Say to God, how awesome are your works? Have you done that? Have you done that? That's what they were saying. 
said to God, how awesome are your works? That's what they were saying from the beginning in Psalm, in Psalm 44. We have heard with our ears. That's what they were saying to God. They were actually telling God, we've heard those mighty miracles that you did in the land. So the scripture is telling you here, this is medicine. Say to God, what are you supposed to do? You say to God, how awesome are your works? Begin to remind him, you whipped them in Egypt. Oh, you did a marvelous job, God. Say to God, how awesome are your works? Through the greatness of your power, your enemies shall submit themselves to you. See, Satan in Egypt, Pharaoh didn't want to give up. But it was the greatness of God's power that made him to submit. He didn't want them to go. But he had to. He had no choice. But for you, you say to God, how awesome are your works? Remind yourself of those things. Spend that time telling the Lord how grateful you are to be part of his kingdom. How grateful you are that he is your father. And that you are confident in him. That he is going to take care of you. That he is awesome. Remind him of the miracles. The things that you read. I mean if you really believe. As you read the story of the, man, the blind man. You put yourself in that situation. I mean he was blind. Remember? He was born blind. And I believe that he was born without eyes. Uh, because you really can't tell by looking at a man. If he was born blind. I used to ask questions. Was Stevie Wonder blind when he was born? How could you tell? The disciples were able to tell the man was born blind. My belief is he just had thick skin, no opening. And Jesus had to do the work of creation. Amen? That's the only time because I believe that he had no eyes. He was born blind. So Jesus took clay, just like he did when he created Adam, right? And put his eyes that's a great miracle somebody in my mind without eyes brand new eyes <laughs> is your problem that big is your problem that big why don't you say to God how awesome are your works and I'm talking to you I'm talking to myself as well amen how awesome are your works look at what you did a man born blind Somebody who's been dead for four days. Is it three days or four days? Four days. And that's, a, that's an unusual miracle. Can you believe that? We read these things and we forget. We forget. We're so familiar with it, we forget. We don't even meditate on these things. We forget. Say to God. As you say it with your mouth, it begins to get a hold of your heart. Amen? And you begin to believe it. And you say to yourself, well if God can do this for the, that person, He is the same yesterday, today and forever. He's going to do that for me also. That's what brings greatness. If you're going to be great on the earth, it's going to be because of your faith in God. You can accomplish anything may not be overnight but you can rest in God and believe in Him God promised to help He is on your side will always be on your side He's going to help you
Yes, the situation may be confusing. You don't understand it. You try to figure it out. You can't figure it out. It doesn't make sense. But as long as there is a God, He'll take care of you. If you will believe Him. Um, it's hard to read of Jesus as he, as he was going into Jerusalem and he was weeping. He said, if you had known your day, they didn't recognize their time. They didn't know who they had. They didn't believe. So you couldn't reach them. And frustrated, he wept. That's God. I don't want him to weep for me because I can't believe for him, that he will help me. He wanted to help every one of them. Make their nation great. Make the people great. Deliver them. But they couldn't accept it. And in sorrow he wept. Uh-huh. That's how much he wants to help us. Amen? He really wants to help us. No matter what the situation is, He wants to help us. He wants to help me. I have to remind myself constantly, I now belong to Him. I have given my life to Him. He has given Himself to me. We are one. Amen? We are one. We are, we are in the same family. He's, he's bigger than anything, anything in the world. Greater is He that is in you than He that is in the world. He's going to take care of me. I will never know want. Amen? I can't die in this earth like a dog. Jesus bought me with his blood. Amen? He will take care of me. That's what our testimony and our confession must be. We must confess that. They overcame him. How? By the blood of the Lamb and by the word of their testimony. What testimony? They were still in a battle. Huh? <laughs> they were still fighting. But they had a testimony because they knew God was greater. They're going to make it. No doubt about it. God is on our side. Who is going to be against us? God promised to help us. God promised to help you. He's a promise. He doesn't break his promise. Amen? He will not break his promise. He's just asking us to believe. Isaiah 41 verse 10. Fear not. God says, don't fear. No matter what's coming at you, don't fear. Refuse to fear or say it with your mouth, I refuse to fear. Even if you are feeling fearful inside, stay safe. I refuse that. Obey what the word says. Don't fear, for I am with you. Amen? Why is God telling you not to fear? Because something has come into your life to cause you to be afraid. Right? But he is saying, don't fear regardless because I am with you. I'll take care of the problem. Amen? Don't be afraid. Don't let your imaginations go wild. Don't let Satan minister to you as to what's going to happen that's so bad in the future. He doesn't hold your future. Jesus holds your future. So God says, don't fear because I am with you. Don't be dismayed. Don't allow the situation to dismay you, to get to the place where you feel so helpless. You are with God in your life. You can never be helpless. 
Never. Jesus said, I'm going, but I'm not going to leave you without help. I'm sending the Holy Spirit. He's going to help you. Amen? So we have the helper, the comforter. You can never, as a Christian, be without help. Maybe your brother is not willing to help you, but he is not your help. Your help comes from above. You can never be without help. So he says, don't allow yourself to be dismayed by whatever circumstance you're going through. No matter how difficult it is, if there is a God in heaven, He will help you. He will help me. We're coming out of it. Right now, the enemy that's coming against your life is being oppressed seriously by God. God is showing showing him the power of his right hand. Amen. And he's going to give up. By, through the greatness of his strength, of his power, the enemy will submit to him. Amen? So he says, don't be afraid. He says, I will strengthen you. In other words, God is going to strengthen your heart. So you know, I don't have any reason to be afraid. He says, I will help you. I will help you. I will uphold you with my righteous right hand. Now we we'll go again with the right hand. He's going to take you up. He's not going to let you go down. Because you have grace in your life, you can never suffer disgrace. Amen? You can never suffer disgrace. God has His grace in your life. That's the confidence we have in Him. That because Jesus has favored me, because He loves me, I'll never suffer disgrace. Disgrace, shame, He suffered on the cross. Amen? I came that they might have life and that they might have it more abundantly. The situation that is going to come into my life that will bring shame and disgrace can never come. Not as long as Jesus is alive, I'll have a way. If he has to make a way through the wilderness, he will. Amen? If he has to make a way through the sea for me to walk on dry ground, he will. Usually he doesn't do it until you get to the sea. Amen? Then you find out. You can cross to the other side. Amen. Now back to Psalm uh, 44. And I'll close with this. That's the title. This the truth. Thinking about everything that God has done in the past. As you meditate on what Jesus has done. Maybe in your own life. Not just the Old Testament, New Testament. Maybe what you've heard about what God's done in people's lives. You are my king, O God. You say to God, command victories for Jacob. You know, Jacob is the weak one. You know what I mean? Yeah, command. Let God command victories for Jacob. That's me. Command victories for me. Change my name. Change my situation. Jesus is good at changing names. Amen? You're called Simon, but now you'll be called Peter. He changed your name. He says... Command victories for Jacob. Through you we will, not may, we will push down the enemy. We will. Through your name we will trample those who rise up against us. For I will not trust in my bow, nor shall my sword save me. I am going to trust in God and God alone. God will take care of me. As I remind myself of what God has done in the past, 
And as I stand, then I can tell God, you can command the victories to come to me. I need some victories. How many can use victories tonight? I need some victory. Let God command his victory on your life tonight in Jesus' name. He's going to fight your battle. He says the battle is not yours. It belongs to him. He'll take care of the situation. He'll make a way through the wilderness for you and for me. We have nothing to worry because we got Jesus. Amen? We got Jesus. We have God. He'll take care of us. Stand up with me tonight. Let God arise and let his enemies be scattered. <laughs> As you pray tonight, God is going to rise. And the enemies, like cockroach, when you put on the lights, amen, <laughs> they will begin to run to hide and get away. The brightness of his countenance in your life because you belong to him. His spirit is on your life. That makes you unique on the earth. There's no creature like you on the earth. You're a special being here. And the enemy recognizes that. He doesn't want you to know it. But we know it. And we know it by revelation. Amen. God is with you. Amen. You want to say it with me this night? God is with me. God is with me. You have nothing to fear. When you go to sleep, he's awake. Mighty angels all around you to take care of your needs. Amen. Would you lift your hands up to him tonight and tell him that he is your hiding place. He is your deliverer. He is your provider. That you have no fear, you refuse to fear. And that you are joyful. Just like Hannah, because you have heard from the Lord, and He's going to take care of you. Receive the word from the Lord tonight, that He is your Lord, He is your God. You can never suffer. He is the portion of your inheritance. He is your cup. He maintains your lot. The lines are falling to you in pleasant places. You have a good inheritance from your Father God Almighty. He is now leading you into that land flowing with milk and honey. And no one can deny you. He prepares a table before you in the presence of your enemies. So that you can enjoy in God's presence. While your, while your enemy wastes away. Because of the greatness of his power. That is at work in your life. Father, we thank you tonight. We thank you for who you are in our lives. We have no reason to be afraid because you are. Lord, if there is no God, if Jesus is not, then we are doomed. But we trust in you. We know that Jesus is alive and well. He is the same yesterday, today, and forever. And because you live, we will live also. You've taken care of all of our needs. Every need. Spiritual needs, physical needs, material needs, mental needs, relationships. You've taken care of every need. And we trust in you. We are loaded because of your goodness. We thank you, Father. We love you tonight because you've loved us so much. You've given us everything.
Thank you, Father. In Jesus' name. And God's people said, Amen. God bless you.